Roger Nichols was raised in Nampa, Idaho. He first attended Ricks College and then returned to BYU-Idaho after serving a mission to Valencia, Venezuela. He earned a bachelor's degree in graphic design from BYU-Idaho and later earned an MBA from Brigham Young University. Roger spent five years as an adjunct faculty member in the art department. He currently works as the user experience and web development manager in university communications, where he leads improvements to the digital experiences across campus. Roger and his wife, Marin have been married for 20 years. They attended the same BYU-Idaho singles ward, but their relationship really sparked when he asked her to be his partner in a Latin dance competition. They are the parents of four children. Brother Nichols enjoys playing and working outside with his family, including skiing, hiking, mountain biking, and flying stunt kites. He also enjoys building and carpentry. I always love the music at Devotional. It's always amazing. Thank you. I am grateful for this opportunity to speak to you today. And I hope that something you hear or feel today will inspire and motivate you in some way. In preparing for this devotional, I thought back to when I was a new freshman at Ricks College over 25 years ago. I pondered about what advice I'd give myself if I could go back to that time. To help myself remember those days, I looked up my old photo in the Ricks College yearbook. First thing I thought was, wow, look at all that hair. <laughs> In comparison, here's a photo of me taken just a few weeks ago. Poof, the hair's gone. And it felt like that, it was just gone out of nowhere. Okay, I'll admit, looking at my, hair, my high hairline in that first picture is really not much of a surprise that it's gone now. I had a close friend in college jokingly tell me I needed to hurry and get married before I lost my hair. Luckily, I married my eternal companion before that happened. Sorry, dear, you're stuck with a bald husband now. That's okay. She knew it was going to happen because that friend who had teased me about losing my hair was a beautiful girl who turned into my wife. I showed, I showed those two photos of myself to demonstrate a point, that change is a part of life. We can't escape it. Like the saying goes, the only constant in life is change. But not all change is bad. We can experience joy by embracing rather than resisting the changes that steer us towards our divine destiny. Right now, you're in your decade of decision. This could also be called the decade of change. This is a time full of many changes as you leave home and find your path in life. There are changes you know are coming, moving to a new town, new apartments, new roommates, changes you hope come, new friends, new knowledge and skills, and maybe even a change in your marital status. There are probably some changes you don't see coming, like health challenges, financial hardships, or just the realization that adulting is hard. Luckily, graduation day will come, and when it does, what a relief that will be. No more homework, 
No more Rexburg winters. No more ramen for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> you can find a nice place to settle down, and all the crazy changes in life will stop. But they won't. They may slow down, but changes in your life and your personal progression won't stop after graduation. New, uncharted roads are destined to be on the path of your life's journey. But that's okay, because you're here in this life to change, to be different than you were before. In a devotional at Enzyme College earlier this year, Elder David A. Bednar talked about these changes. I quote, the essence of our mortal experience is to not remain the same. The restoration of the gospel teaches us our eternal purpose and destiny, and you don't achieve that destiny by just hunkering down and staying the same. The natural man and the natural woman hate change. The man and woman of Christ learn to love change and the lessons that are learned in the process. One of the fundamental aspects of overcoming the natural man and the natural woman is not resisting change, but embracing change and learning from it. Being resistant to change can prevent you from developing spiritually. It can also lead to increased stress and anxiety because it is often accompanied by uncertainty and the unknown. However, by cultivating a growth mindset and exercising faith, you can learn to more readily accept change and navigate through periods of transition with greater ease. By embracing change, you can position yourself to take advantage of opportunities to draw closer to the Lord and to thrive in an ever-increasingly wicked world. Change comes in four different ways. There are big changes, such as starting a new job, unforeseen accidents, or even the death of a loved one. Opposite of that are changes that are on a smaller scale, like adjustments to daily routines. There are also other types of changes, including those that are out of your control, and, the, and on the other end, changes that you control yourself. These are externally and internally driven changes. Changes in your life are often uh, various combinations of these four types. But for today, let's focus on two of those combinations. First is the big things that you don't have control over. Second is the small things that you do have control over. You can embrace rather than resist these types of change by following the counsel found in Mosiah 319 to put off the natural man and become a saint through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Let's look at these types of changes and contrast how the natural man or woman might react compared to a saint of God. First are the big changes that are brought about by forces outside your control. These external changes can be difficult to navigate, and they often require you to adapt to new situations quickly and without warning. However, they can also be opportunities for growth and resilience as they force you to develop deep faith and reliance on the Lord. Let's consider the familiar story of Nephi and his brothers Laman and Lemuel. They were abruptly led into the wilderness by their father Lehi, leaving behind the comforts of home, initially not knowing where they would end up or what would happen. 
Laman and Lemuel handled this change in a very different way than Nephi did. We can see their reaction from these verses in 1 Nephi chapter 16. And thus did they murmur against my father, and also against me, and they were desirous to return again to Jerusalem. And Laman said unto Lemuel, and also unto the sons of Ishmael, Behold, let us slay our father, and also our brother Nephi, who has taken upon him to be our ruler and our teacher, or his elder brethren. Now he says that the Lord hath, has talked with him, and also that angels have ministered unto him. But behold, we know that he lies unto us. And he tells us these things, and he worketh many things by his cunning arts, that he may deceive our eyes, thinking perhaps that he may lead us away into some strange wilderness. And after he has led us away, he has thought to make himself a king and a ruler over us, that he may do with us according to his will and pleasure. And thus, after this manner, did my brother Laman stir up their hearts to anger. Laman and Lemuel blamed Lehi and Nephi for their circumstances. Laman and Lemuel didn't really understand why they had left home and wanted things to go back to the way they were before. Laman was so angry about it, he tried to convince Lemuel to the sons of Ishmael that they needed to hurt members of their own family. Laman and Lemuel's attitudes show us an example of how the natural man might blame others, be short-sighted, and become angry at others when big changes they did not anticipate happen. Let's read more in 1 Nephi, see how Nephi reacted to the same situation. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, having great desires to know of the mysteries of God, wherefore I did cry unto the Lord, and behold, he did visit me and did soften my heart, that I'd believe all the words which had been spoken by my father. Wherefore, I did not rebel against him like unto my brothers. And it came to pass that the Lord spake unto me, saying, Blessed art thou, Nephi, because of thy faith, for thou hast sought me diligently with lowliness of heart. Nephi was meek, humble, soft-hearted, and prayed for understanding. He's a great example of how saints of God seek and accept the Lord's guidance maintain an internal perspective, and exercise faith when big changes come. A personal example to me of handling big, unexpected changes in life is my dad. Growing up, he worked hard on the family farm. On hot summer days, he loved to water ski with his brothers in the irrigation canals. Rather than being pulled by a boat, they would strap a rope to a tractor and drive it along the bank of the canal. In high school, he was a star athlete in football and track. Between his junior and senior year, at the age of 17, he got a summer job helping run telephone lines across the desert of southern Idaho. His responsibility was to check the, the depth of the lines that the machines buried in the ground buried cables in the ground. But at some point, they ran out of cable, so the company sent him to another site for a few days to drill holes in lava rock. These holes were being created for telephone poles that would carry the lines across the lava fields. The first day on his new job, my dad quickly drilled one hole by wrapping his legs tightly around a jackhammer and then chiseling away at the rock. 
After completing one hole, he had started on another when suddenly there was a large explosion. The company had been blasting the rock with dynamite the day before, and some of the explosives had not detonated. My dad had drilled directly into these charges, and they exploded, throwing him high into the air. In an instant, his life was forever changed. The explosion resulted in the loss of both his legs below the knees. In order to walk again after his recovery, he had to be fitted with prosthetic legs, which he's worn his whole life. But my dad has never viewed his prosthetic legs as limitations and has found ways to still do extraordinary things. He was active in sports like racquetball and basketball and even continued his love of water skiing. Despite needing a wetsuit to keep him self-attached to his prosthetic legs, he was still a pretty good skier, most of the time. But he always remembered to plug his nose on the way down, so he was good. His accident brought on many other health challenges and countless surgeries throughout his life. But one thing I've never seen my dad do is complain about it. He's been a tremendous example to me of how to face challenges and unexpected changes with action instead of self-pity and to make the most of any situation. Let's now look at the other type of change combination. Opposite to the big changes that you can't do much to prevent are the small changes you can control. These self-initiated changes are often driven by a desire for personal growth or can even be promptings from the Holy Ghost. Although small, these types of changes can have a large impact. The small and simple changes you make over time can help you get to where the Lord wants you to be. Nephi understood this principle after his experience with the Leahona. And there was also written upon them a new writing, which was plain to be read, which should give us understanding concerning the ways of the Lord. And it was written and changed from time to time according to the faith and diligence which we gave unto it. And thus we see that by small means, the Lord can bring about great things. How does the natural man or woman view these kinds of small self-driven changes? Sometimes you may think that the little things are not gonna make a difference or that long-term goals aren't achievable. Laman and Lemuel had this attitude when Nephi started to build a ship so they could cross the great waters to the promised land. And when my brethren saw that I was about to build a ship, they began to murmur against me, saying, Our brother is a fool, for he thinketh that he can build a ship. Yea, and he also thinketh that he can cross these great waters. And thus my brethren did complain against me and were desirous that they may not, might not labor, for they did not believe that I could build a ship neither would they believe that I was instructed of the Lord. Doctrine and Covenants 6, section 58, verse 26, also describes how the natural man approaches small changes. For behold, it is not meet that I should command in all things, for he that is compelled in all things, the same is slothful and not a wise servant. Wherefore, he receiveth no reward. 
When opportunities to make changes by small means presents themselves, the natural man is lazy, slothful, and waits around for someone to tell him what to do. But because of this lack of action and faith, no positive change ever happens. How about the saint? How can they build great things from small changes? Let's watch some counsel from President Russell M. Nelson about creating spiritual momentum. Overcoming the world is not an event that happens in a day or two. It happens over a lifetime as we repeatedly embrace the doctrine of Christ. We cultivate faith in Jesus Christ by repenting daily and keeping covenants that endow us with power. We stay on the covenant path and are blessed with spiritual strength, personal revelation, increasing faith, and the ministering of angels. Living the doctrine of Christ can produce the most powerful, virtuous cycle, creating spiritual momentum in our lives. The small things you do to improve, like repenting daily, partaking of the sacrament each week, and seeking personal revelation each day, may not seem like they do much each time, but when repeated over and over, their cumulative effects can be powerful and give you spiritual momentum in your life. You and I cannot afford to resist when opportunities for change come our way. Take, for example, your time at B here at BYU-Idaho. Are you letting the experience you have here change you? Or are you resisting that change by making excuses or by believing you can't achieve your potential? How about the gospel? Are you letting it change you into a disciple of Christ? Or is your natural man or woman getting in the way? What about the covenants you've made with your Heavenly Father? Are you letting them change you and deepen your conversion? Learning to accept and act according to God's desire for you can increase your faith in the Savior and bring joy into your life. I can personally testify of the joy that comes as we overcome the natural man and embrace change. Some years ago, I became frustrated of where I was in both my career and in my spiritual life. I felt a great need to improve my situation and also a desire to be a better tool in the Lord's hands. After much pondering and prayer, I decided I needed to make a big change and go back to school to pursue a master's degree. I hoped this would improve my career options and get me out of my spiritual funk. And at the beginning, it did just that. I was developing good habits, my career was thriving, and I was happy. But slowly, my natural man took over, and my good habits faded away. Pride crept in, and I got caught up in looking for opportunities that would make me look good, rather than opportunities for me to serve others like I originally intended. I interviewed for various jobs, but it seems like every door was the wrong one. Luckily, I had the faith to follow promptings from the Holy Ghost and apply to and eventually accept 
a job I hadn't considered. I had to soften my heart and let the Lord take me where I needed to go. Only in hindsight did I realize it turned out to be exactly what I needed. I was able to find peace in accepting things I could not control and acting on faith to change what I could. I've come to recognize that I feel the most joy in my life when I'm embracing both the big and small changes Heavenly Father wants me to. Changes help me refocus to what truly matters. Former BYU-Idaho President Henry J. Eyring's words exemplify my experience. I quote, the changes occurring in your life can be a source of personal growth and increased perspective, bringing into greater focus those eternal truths that never change, close quote. Despite all the changes that come into your life, you can find assurance that the eternal truths of the gospel, which never change. Truths like no matter what or how you change, God's love for you won't change. That his plan is for you. As part of that plan, he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to be your savior. And that through his atonement, you can gain exaltation. My invitation to you is to seek strength through Jesus Christ to overcome the natural man or woman and let changes in your life take you where the Lord wants you to go and who he wants you to become. Soon, you'll have time away from school and return home for the holidays. During that break, I invite you to find time to quietly ponder the ways that you can be better in letting God change you. I leave this invitation and testimony with you in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.